Rachel, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It's really great to get to know you a little. I've been really appreciating your um, powerful, I'm going to say powerful position that you're taking. It's not an easy thing, I think, at the moment to be standing up and speaking truth to power, but you're doing a fantastic job and I'm really grateful for just how you're bringing different strands of information together and being a really reliable source of information, I feel. Mm, thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be appreciated. <laughs> it's, it's hard to know like who to listen to and there's just so many different varying opinions. It's great to find someone that really seems to see all the perspectives of everything but still not be in fear. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is the key thing for me is really feeling when I'm falling into, when I'm going into that spiral of anxiety and fear and it's just noticing that and reversing it and clearing it you know yeah so it's a key thing at this time so just quickly because there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about but just in case people don't know you do you want to give a quick introduction to uh, who you are and what you've been doing in your life yeah well my whole life has really been in and around business um, I trained in accountancy and then started my first company, Red Letter Days, at the age of 24 and built it into this mar market-leading, multi-million turnover brand. And that got me on Dragon's Den, winning awards. And I was also kind of exposed to the, the big corporate world as well, which I think was a real eye-opener for me because there's a huge difference between small business and the big corporate world which is why when the whole COVID thing unfolded, um, because I understood how big corporate works, the mindset and the way, um, you know, the way that world works and how ruthless it is, I realized, I very quickly realized that this was a, a hostile global corporate takeover bid essentially. And uh, so I, I can, I see it through that lens of business really. So um, you weren't really politically active before all this started and you just made a video, right? And it, it went viral and you just, did you just find yourself in this position of being a kind of spokesperson for people? Well, I, I have sort of uh, touched on the world of politics in the past. I, and in fact, I was invited to stand as an MP by David Cameron or as part of David Cameron's initiative women I think it was called women to win back in 2006 I even spoke at the conservative party conference but I also realized I saw how Boris Johnson had sort of hijacked the conservative party and in fact in the last election I really was rooting for Jeremy Corbyn because I felt that like what it needed was a non-corporate person um but I you know so that's that was the extent of my politics really um but when I started to see what was what was truly going on, and I, I and I was quite angry and outraged. I yes, in September 2020, I just uh, I was so angry. I just went out and filmed this video that was not scripted. It was just a rant, really, like a 25-minute rant, and put it out. And it really resonated with people and it kind of went viral and it got banned by YouTube and Facebook, but only after it had about a quarter of a million views. Wow. And so it kind of it just opened the floodgates for a whole following. 
and I and so many people saying wow you are speaking to exactly how I'm feeling like I those are the things that I've been feeling and someone's actually articulated it so that video was sort of captured the zeitgeist of the of the moment so I, I built on that and just started researching even ever more deeply and doing more videos and then I, I started doing an open forum uh, which I call the people speak out um, and that's every fortnight on a Monday and I just open it up and people from all over the world come on that there's only 100 seats on those calls but they're always fascinating and the, the thing about them is because anyone I, I never know who's going to come on or what anyone's going to say it's all completely random unscripted and uh, the beauty of them is just they're all really normal decent like average people you know they're not militant or rabid kind of activists they're just normal people who who are in the heart and really seeing through the lies you know and questioning and awake so uh, it's really beautiful to see so many people all over the world now waking up to not just COVID, but how rotten the entire system is and how corrupt. Brilliant, brilliant. So it must be taking up a lot of your time now. Do you feel like you've been kind of thrust into this role or are you, is it really still coming from the heart like you're so passionate about getting this information out? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm in the fortunate position that I don't have to hustle for money and I get that I was, I've been put in that position so that I can devote my time and energy to it. And um, I haven't monetized anything that I've done in this world of freedom, the freedom movement, because I, I don't want anyone to be able to say, oh, she's just doing it for the money, which would be an easy thing. To, oh, she was in business. She's just looking to make a quick buck. So for that reason, I haven't even got a Patreon or any, anything like that. So I think it's really important to, especially as we're dealing with corruption and especially as everything is about money, if you follow the money, everything about this is rooted in money and greed, actually in power. Mm. So um, it's actually been very good for me that I have been able to devote time, such a gift to have been able to devote a lot of time both in, on input, I, and I, I've read and watched and absorbed a lot of content over the last, I don't know, 18 months. Mm. And uh, I also then uh, put a lot of content out. So I, I, the best bits of things I read, I put in Rachel Speaks Out, which is my Telegram channel. And then frequently I will do videos, which are sort of commentary on what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Which is the only Telegram, well, the first Telegram channel I always look at, I have to say. Oh, thank you. I, the first one I always look at is David Avocado Wolf. I think he's, his is the best Telegram channel by far. And it's like an entertainment channel, David Avocado Wolf. There's so much on his and it's, it can just, oh, that's, you just condense it. That's what I like is you've usually got just like maybe half a dozen posts every day and it's like, okay, these are the highlights. Yeah, exactly. It is. I am like The Week. I don't know if you've ever read The Week. It's a, a weekly magazine, which is the highlights of all the newspapers. It's a genius thing. So yeah, my, my Rachel Speaks Out is kind of like The Week. It's the highlights of all the best bits. Yeah from what I, because for everything I post on there, I probably see about, I don't know, between 10 and 20 
different things and I post the best of the crop yeah so this isn't an easy question to answer but if you can just kind of condense it down for us and and obviously you know we'll get into what's happening at the moment because there's so much great stuff happening just since the beginning of the year it's unbelievable well it isn't it's totally believable <laughs> it's totally wonderful how you know the things that you and I have seen to be what's happening and I've had to kind of really spite our corner for is now becoming much more accepted and much more understood through people like Rena Fullmaker, Mark Sexton and Sam White. But can you, from your perspective, kind of condense for us what you see has happened in the last two years? In the last two years? Um, I mean, I can answer that question from a sort of 3D point of view, and I can also answer it from a metaphysical point of view. So from a 3D point of view, as I said, when I read The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab, I very quickly realized that there was a strategic master plan not in that book that all, well, maybe not all, but most of the 193 countries in the world had signed up to. And they had all been signed up and given essentially a strategic operations manual with everything, all the scripts, and everything to implement this great reset plan in, down to things like legislation, boilerplate legislation, which you know every country has done the same thing in lockstep. So I, I quickly realized it was a global corporate hostile takeover bid. And of course that all of the, all of the key political leaders had been carefully positioned, groomed by the World Economic Forum Young Leaders Programme and put in strategic roles like Justin Trudeau, Jacinda Ardern, Macron, Boris Johnson, definitely on the payroll of, of the elite. Um, Biden bankrolled into position just a sock puppet, basically. So all of these key, you know, uh, politicians, leaders, uh, you know, have, have been put in the, these positions. And so as soon as Boris Johnson won the election, it was like they said, right, we've got the final chess piece in place and we can press the button on it that's that was my sense of what happened um, and so we are basically now seeing the new world order you know bulldoze uh, the attempt to bulldoze through the new world order so that's kind of what's happening but of course this is the interesting thing about the great reset in that book it it anticipates societal unrest but it says it will come with violence. And this was the big fly in the ointment of the Great Reset. The Klaus Schwab didn't anticipate that the uprising would be so peaceful. And the fact that it hasn't been violent is a massive fly in the ointment because all of the violence has been on the part of the police. And because there's no violence, they can't justify martial law or they can't just, even the police act that they tried to bulldoze through was rejected by the House of House of Lords. So, so that's one huge uh, thing in our favour is that the uprising has been completely peaceful and it's been really beautiful to witness. Can I just, before you carry on, do you recommend people read that book? Is it heavy going or the Klaus <laughs> Well, I read it right at the beginning back in 2020. Um, and I, I re-looked at it again because I did an event this week and I was talking about it. So I actually revisited it because I gave my original copy away. And the uncanny thing about reading that book 
you know, unless unless Klaus Schwab is an absolute psychic, you can tell the whole thing's a plan. Uh, you can tell the whole thing. He's actually it's a piece of propaganda that was it's the it's the masterpiece of propaganda that was sold into the 193 countries to justify the Great Reset. And it's it's for public consumption. And there's obviously a strategic plan which was not for public consumption, which is what is being implemented. So um, it is quite turgid, but it's an interesting read because when you read it, you just really the penny just drops massively if it hasn't already, that the whole thing um, is a setup. So so anyway, so that's that's my answer on a sort of 3D level, but I just wanted to talk about the metaphysics of it because we've um, 2020 was a metal rat year, yang metal, and in, in sort of feng shui, Chinese horoscope terms. So um, yang metal is big metal like skyscrapers, 5G masks, you know, it's, it's the structure, it's the system. And then 2021 was yin metal, which is like vaccination needle, fine metal. But we've now just come out of those two metal years, which are all about the patriarchal structure, and we've suddenly come into the water tiger year. And the shift in energy has moved from this structural metal to this tsunami of yang water, which literally is like the ocean or a tsunami. And, it, and it's like a huge river that can just sweep away anything in its path. Or if there's a, a rock, you could just flow around it, you know. So this uprising of the people and especially what's going on in Canada uh, and to an extent in New Zealand and, and um, Australia, because they have the harshest regimes. Because um, it's almost like what's happened, and it's a classic corporate thing, is because the plan, the wheels were coming off the plan, it's almost like all the countries have split into focus groups. So in Austria, we'll do this, and in New Zealand, we'll do that, and in Australia, we'll do this, in Canada, we'll do this, and the UK will do something else to assess the re response and reaction of the people because they, they are needing to regroup and work out the next... They're not going to give up on this. So it's almost like they're retreating from this battle so that they can regroup, reassess, and strategically work out the next wave of attack. That's the way that I'm seeing this because this great reset is a 10 year plan. So it's for implementation by 2030. Uh, and we're, we're two years in, you know, so this is a war. It's a lot and we're in for the long haul. But the thing about this water tiger energy is that it's really, it's shifted. And so this water, this rising of emotion and people and the tiger energy is powerful so this uprising of the people it's it's um it now it can't be stopped you know this and it is an awakening of consciousness without a doubt so it's very it's a very exciting time to be incarnated actually and and when you know with yang water it's like a white water raft ride when you just let go and just enjoy the ride and just get in your raft and go woohoo like we're off we're just going to go down this go down the river and we're going to enjoy the ride even the scary bits that you know that's i think most people who are awake which is getting to be a critical mass now that's all it needs a critical mass boom and everyone will get it 
yeah. you know it's a quantum leap of evolution that's what we're headed for yeah yeah but let's get really metaphysical because something you mentioned now and then which i really understand as well is there's like dark forces at work some people call them the archons or witty co can you explain that to people that might not be familiar with that concept and how you see that playing out yeah, it's a very fascinating subject. And I first came across Watiko by reading Paul Levy's book, um, Dispelling Watiko, Breaking the Curse of Evil. And it's a very fascinating book about um, lower vibrational, non-local, non-human energy, which is looking for, it's like parasitic, low vibrational energy which is looking for hosts to work through and so if you're a highly traumatized person who's not aware not enlightened not conscious not particularly conscious um Wetiko, it's almost like a parasitic energy like entity attachments if you've ever worked in that world of shamanism you know um ent entities can attach it's like a parasite and so this Wetiko, which uh, every uh, culture has its own name for this Wetiko, as you said, Aramanic or Archontic or Jinn or Satanic, you know, all of these different names are the same essential energy, um, are, are names for the same essential lower vibrational um, evil energy. So if someone's highly traumatized, and let's face it, to, to get to the top, either in business or in politics, you need to be quite a highly driven, quite a highly traumatized, desensitized person who's probably got masses of frozen trauma, who can't feel empathy. So you get highly, highly um, ambitious, ruthless people who are all about power, control, winning and getting the job done. And they, they don't, they can't feel because they're essentially, they're, it's frozen trauma. So if you have a lot of frozen trauma from childhood, you literally can't feel, you can't feel compassion and empathy. So this Wetiko energy finds it very easy to work through those shells of people. And so, so you know, the, the, the nth degree of this is to actually feel compassion to people who are in the grip of this entity attachment um, because I, I, I spoke to an amazing person on this is John Lamlash, who's a, an, a, an amazing narrator for this time. And I was talking to him about the whole of the COVID uh, pandemic. And he said, the only way to truly understand what's going on at the planet right now is to realize that the energy we're dealing with is not human. This isn't human energy. This is dark, lower vibrational, non-human, non-local energy working through shells of people. And when you realize that, it becomes easier to, to, to get what is going on. And, and it's quite frightening and shocking, actually. That's how the psyops works, right? It's because they understand how to manipulate, as you're calling it, the frozen trauma in order to make people obedient to these rules that don't make sense. But that's that's what they kind of worked on with the MK Ultra programming, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, it, it's military grade psyops that, that is being employed now to trigger people into fight flight um, <clears throat> and to create as much fear, as much dissonance as possible. 
which is why the antidotes for this, things like being, you know, really focusing a lot of energy on how to hold your center and not be pulled into fight flight, you know, doing that inner healing work. So your window of tolerance is as wide as possible. So you can really, you don't have to fall into fight flight. Things like meditation, things like resonance, music, singing, chanting. That's why, that's why the, uh, the marches, I mean, I've only been on a couple, but that's why they're so powerful because everyone is singing and they're drumming and chanting and laughing because it's all resonant. It's not violence and anger and fight energy. So this human spirit, this awakening of the human spirit, this awakening and consciousness, this great awakening is, is actually the wonderful byproduct of the great reset. <laughs> because that's one thing he, has, he didn't mention in the book, the great reset. There's a bit about individuals and human nature, but there's nothing about spirituality. And they haven't anticipated that what this pandemic has had the effect of doing is just creating this massive awakening of consciousness. And um, it's, just, it's just beautiful. And, and you know, may, maybe that is the hidden gift in all of this, that we're all finding our heart, you know, finding our compassion, speaking our truth, you know, that's hugely healing, especially if you've never been able to speak your truth before. So many people are finding their voice and truth has a resonance, you know, and that resonance of truth, it's, it, it truly is the arrow that can drive a stake through the heart of the, the evil. So, um, you know, shine, you know, you don't have to fight the darkness, you just turn on the light. It's an acceleration, isn't it? Because I've been on this path my whole life and I was really aware and I know a lot of stuff, but I've learned so much in the last two years and also done so much work on myself. I've done so much yoga um, that wouldn't have happened if we were in pre-2020. So it's, it's, um, it's an acceleration of the energy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really amazing time to be incarnated, you know, and everyone says we were sort of, we chose to be here at this time. So it's like really stepping into our, everyone's got their individual role and their individual power. You know, mine happens to be speaking and communication and other people, you know, other people are all about healing, natural healing, holistics. And some people are all about music and resonance and just did some amazing vocal work with Rabbi at the weekend the power of sound and teaching people to sing it's just super heart opening and amazing work mm. so i know it's not wise to make predictions I'm, I'm, <laughs> i don't want you to take on a role of profit but um from where you're from your perspective like what do you what do you see is going on at the moment like how do you see the landscape currently <laughs> well <clears throat> um it's, you know, the one thing I will say about the current time, one thing I'm noticing, there's a massive amount of interference, there's a massive amount of fakery and confusion deliberately being created because that's part of mass formation psychosis. And so I'm noticing that, that it's being pumped through. So, for example, on Telegram, you know, which is uh, probably the, the best the best channel of the social media channels but it's it's starting to get really contaminated because they are attacking it 
through just bots and spam and it's relentless and I'm constantly having to kind of clear my telegram channel so 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 this watching out for what has the resonance of truth and what feels off which what feels to be a little bit dodgy and dissonant so so this is a very important thing for us to develop this instinct of feeling because this is part of you know somatic experience of not thinking it's like bruce lee said don't think feel feeling you know is this genuine does this have the resonance of truth or is this fakery so i my sense is that they are pumping huge amounts of fakery and dissonance into the grid in both in terms of content and people and decoys people who look to be on you know our side but maybe our plants so it's a very interesting so it's almost like walking through a labyrinth and be just very and this is this is i'm doing um a lot of meditation and stillness so this slowing down so before you instantly hit you know share on something just like hmm, just holding that space and slowing down and just looking a little bit more closely is this true before i share it or, or am i just being triggered into it's triggering me and i'm just going to share it so this slowing down is re a really important part of that process but there's no doubt in my mind that now that they've pressed the button on this great reset and there, there's a lot invested in this new world order and driving it home so the next question is what is the next wave going to be um, and i'm already starting to see masses around hiv uh, which of course is a natural result of all of these jabs you know people's immune system being affected so how are you going to cover that up well make the next virus hiv and everyone's got aids but it's not to do with the jab it's because there's a new virus on the loose so that seems like an obvious one another, another obvious way to create fear is through scarcity prices money um not being able to get supplies blame it on the truckers collapsing economies I and mean, this is another thing written about in the great reset how did they get rid of all the debt after the world wars they inflated it away through hyperinflation so if you've just been printing money like crazy and you've you've printed i don't know a trillion pounds if you want to hyperinflate that away it essentially makes your currency worthless and everyone's savings are gone literally overnight so you know all of these these possibilities because we're dealing with corporates and corporates are all about money and power and control so what are you know this is the unfortunate result of 20 30 years of consumerism we've given a huge amount of power to that one percent minority and they're now abusing that and they will abuse it to to drive this home so we have to be just as resilient as and as resourceful as we possibly can so that we don't fall for any of the whatever comes out it's like in gladiator whatever comes out of that tunnel if we stick together you know we will be powerful like I said, I don't want to get into predictions, but I do feel that there could be like a total collapse of fiat currency about to happen. Do you share that? 
Well, yeah, I mean, that, the thing is, every central bank has created a digital currency. And obviously, so many people are already going into crypto, like Bitcoin and Ethereum and all those things. And so every central bank has already created, every major central bank has already created its own digital currency, like the Britcoin. So the natural obvious thing would be to collapse fiat currency and replace it with a crypto currency, which of course is, is terrible news because it's just another way of controlling us. So now suddenly everything you spend is tracked and the government knows everything you spend and also can control everything you spend, you know? So it's, it's a nightmare scenario, which is why create, I mean, this is, this is one of my big things that I've spoken about, you know, we have to create strong alternative communities. We have to create strong alternative economies so that we don't, we don't have to go to Tesco and get our fruit and veg, you know, we can find people within the network where we can get, where we can get these, where everything that we need without having to resort to the corporate world, because it will be through the corporate world that they, they ultimately have power of that world. And so we can't be dependent on it if we want to be free. But that's what I wanted to get into next, because, um, you know, personally, and I think there's there's a lot of people like me, where I I kind of always knew I was here to bring in the new age. And when when I was younger, that just sounded like a crazy thing to say. But when everything started happening in 2020, it, it's so much about myself and my life really became clear as to why I'm here and all the things that have happened to me to kind of prepare me for this time. And I am so confident and so sure that this is all taking us into a new golden age. And I know that that's something that you share around, like you say, building new earth and building communities. So can you share with us some of the things you're doing practically and some of the visions for how you see these new communities starting? Yeah. So. I think this is it's very interesting, actually, because I did a talk on Tuesday night and someone was very kind of, if this is a new age talk, I'm leaving sort of thing. But this new golden era, this quantum leap in evolution, this awakening of consciousness is actually a restoration of ageless wisdom. So we're actually restoring ancient wisdom, which has been lost through the whole industrial revolution, where we've just been obsessed with the 3D scientific world and we've lost our connection to the higher dimensions and we've lost our connection to nature. So essentially this is a restoration. It's about restoring our connection to nature. It's about connecting, having that vertical connection to higher, the higher powers, the higher dimensions. And so that restoration is a hugely important part of it. So that's why, you know, you know, technology is a great servant, but it's not a great master. So unplugging on our dependence from the digital world, getting back into nature, restoring our connection. So that's why on a practical level, even though I'm recording videos and putting them out digitally, I always do them if I can in nature. I go and walk in nature just to create that, that contact. Um, you know, and th there's lots of local communities here. Um, I created a stand in the park in Bakewell last August, and we all, we'd, also, we'd already created a, a local community support group. Um, we're looking, we 
tried to buy a farm last year, which we had to pull out of at the last minute and we're looking at alternative land. But there's so many small groups of people who are now doing that kind of thing. Small co communities coming together, creating eco communities, acquiring some land, getting self-sufficient, natural resources, you know, growing their own food. Um, and there's obviously people who are supplying that organic produce as well. So it's, it's, it's really about creating this whole network of an alternative economy and community so that when you reach out to those communities and say, hey, I need some potatoes, you know, there's a whole range of people within walking distance who say, yeah, I've got plenty, you know, how can we share? And that's how we're going to get through this. Um, through creating an alternative network and it's going to be through the people I mean, just look at what's happening in Canada you know all of the people from all over the world sending money you know people turning up with fuel cans and food and you know it's a masterclass in collaboration and community spirit and human spirit you know that's that's what's going to happen that's what they're, they're showing us the way and um, yeah who weren't running concurrently for at least another kind of seven to ten years of like the old dying and the new being born alongside each other well it, it is like a metamorphosis isn't it so i you know it's a great way to think of it like this this old the, you know this caterpillar that was consumerism munching its way getting fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter which is like the corporate system and suddenly this cocoon being spun through the, the you know through this attempt to take it all you know the, the caterpillar got really greedy but it spun its own cocoon and it's now inside the this cocoon that it's spun you know like in chaos falling into chaos and out of this cocoon is going to emerge this butterfly of this new golden era and then that cocoon the old system and all of the it's just going to fall away like like I'm not no longer needed fall away and just it will be gone and we'll be in a different dimensional this is the awakening consciousness it's like the difference between crawling on the earth and flying in the sky you know so it's it's a quantum leap in e human evolution um you know and so many people are, thin are working on thinning the veil and like puncturing you know with torus fields of light so many small ceremonies going on in secret throughout all of this just creating little torus fields little, little like axis mundi just like puncturing through the veil and bringing through the light so that so what's happening is this dimension is just being flooded with light and so we're seeing all the darkness we're seeing in the labyrinth what was hidden before is now being we can see it so like, oh my god a bit like if you've got a really dark room and you come to decorate it and you, you turn the lights on and you start clearing it out and you realize how much dust and spiders there were in the corners, you know, it's all got to, you know, it's all being, it's all being revealed and a lot of it is not very pleasant, but it's all part of the process because as we shine the light into the darkness and transmute that trauma and heal it and transmute it, alchemize it. We're healing the whole planet. And then at, at a level, it will, will suddenly be that quantum leap of evolution where it's almost like everyone gets it. And 
so it's not a lot of people like oh there's not enough people came to the event or there's not enough people on the marches the masses are still asleep how do we wake up the masses but but this tipping point in any market the tipping point is only about 15 percent you don't have to get to 51 percent or 100 percent it's a critical mass like the hundredth monkey syndrome you know my sense is that energy like in popcorn when you're cooking popcorn the energy gets to a certain point where every a few things pop first and then there gets to a point where it all pops at once and it's that's the energetic pop, uh, tipping point you know and that's that's when we're 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 kind of there actually <laughs> everyone's popping you know and you can't once the, they start to pop it's difficult to stop it brilliant brilliant so you've touched on it a little bit but can you share with us some of your practices your spiritual practices your grounding practices the things that you do that keep you sane and healthy and staying positive when it gets a bit dark yeah well the number one thing for me is always just going out to nature because you know especially i can i sometimes i i get into telegram and i i can feel myself being sucked into it and obsessed with it it's almost like i'm looking for something I, i'm just looking for the looking for the solution or the killer piece of information that is like and i just get and i'm like oh my god i'm just being sucked into this digital world and i just think i have to clear my energy and just go for a walk and that's the great thing about having a dog as well you don't get out of walk not you don't get out of walking every day so that is my number one thing is um going out into nature i'd say the second massive thing at the moment is i'm um doing a lot of meditation with john butler here in bakewell who sort of set me because i've done lots of meditation before but usually it's in a ceremonial setting or with guided meditation but this is very kind of pure just sitting in stillness with a mantra and just practicing uh, stilling the mind, you know, which is an art because you can sit there and you can, when you sit in stillness, you're aware of this turmoil of these thoughts of like all this stuff just going on and just allowing it all to settle and just to come back to that, like that still place, which is a real art. And in practicing that, it's very noticeable how much they, the system and the media is, sh is constantly shaking the snow globe. So it's very difficult, especially if you watch a lot of media, like, you know, mainstream media, constantly shaking the snow globe. So I'd say those, those two are, are massive and obviously just simple things like eating nutritious, delicious food and things like juicing and um, we did cacao at the weekend, which is beautiful cacao, natural like plant medicines, you know, uh, nature, getting back to nature, really, this alignment with nature, because this world that they have in store for us is, is totally digital and fake, you know, fake meat and, uh, you know, just look at, look at someone like Costa Coffee, it's just a temple to sugar, you know, so, so um just becoming much more aware of of things like you know what i'm eating and um getting lots of sleep and just not you know looking after our immune system natural health as well is a massive one yeah and so for people who 
might kind of be, I think this has been one of the issues of the past two years is a lot of times you might kind of realize stuff and you have these understandings, but it's been the kind of maybe powerlessness of knowing what's the right way to act, especially when you have the understanding of it being, like you say, a spiritual war and and the, the peacefulness of it and the kind of the non-resistance of it in a way being really crucial to it. So what would be the things that you would suggest to people if they feel like they want to get out and do something to kind of help progress the awakening, progress the movement? Are there groups that you recommend or act actions that people can take at the moment? Yeah, so one really key thing to realize, and, and I really landed this through having trained in trauma for trauma healing for three years, is that this feeling of powerlessness in the face of overwhelming external threat is very much what you know, childhood developmental trauma is. So we're tiny, we have this overwhelming external threat. It may be a, an abusive parent, it may be bullying brothers, it may be school teachers who are cruel, uh, it, you know, maybe bullies at school or whatever. Uh, it may have been an attack incident, a shock trauma incident. So what happens in that situation is that you get you end up with frozen trauma because you can't fight and you can't flight. So you have to freeze. And so that kinetic energy is frozen into our grid. So that huge amount of kinetic energy, which would have been used to fight or flight, is literally trapped in our energetic grid. So and a lot of people to and that creates a lot of tension and stress and anxiety. And so a lot of people to try and solve that will try to move to action or get rid of it somehow or either numb it somehow through you know, addiction or whatever. So the very best thing, if we want to move to action, the very best thing we can do is actually to work on resolving and healing that inner trauma by bringing it gently, bringing it back online, fully feeling it and alchemizing it and loosening it and softening it so that we can, that we can feel again. And it's a, that's a long process. So that's why stillness, somatic experiencing are really important to this process because from that place of stillness, from that zero point, what you find is when you get to this zero point of stillness and this connection to all that is, like a hollow, you're like a hollow bone, the inspiration and the creativity and the, the action the action, the inspired action come, suddenly comes through. So it's, it's a bit like drawing back a, a bow and arrow. It's like pulling back. And so when, when, if you pull back enough, when it comes to releasing that arrow, it has, and focus, that arrow has a lot of velocity and is a very powerful, exact piece of action. So you can, instead of just crazily doing stuff, you're suddenly moving to inspired action, which might be writing a song, or it might be forming a local group, or it might be an amazing video that, like the one that, that um, I did, which just captured the imagination, you know, and touched one person touching, you know, a quarter of a million people and the impact and the impetus that that created. So it is, it truly is, 
about inner work and there is a massive resistance to this idea of stillness because people who want to just move into action and what do I do what do I do what do I do when when you say we'll do nothing it's totally counterintuitive and actually people get quite angry because in truth most people don't want to fully feel they don't want to go into all of that pain that they froze in childhood so it's much easier to try and get rid of it through you know getting busy so um you know and so they'll say well you're not going to get anything done by by meditating and going oh i'm on a mountaintop but that's not the point of it it's through that practice that you can then move to inspired action which is much more powerful than just doing yeah. just getting yourself busy 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 being a busy headless chicken basically that's divine feminine to me so you come into your divine feminine and then your inspired action is your divine masculine yes you know rises out of like you say you create the fertile soil yes right you create the terrain and then that inspired action just you can't not make the video or you can't not write the song or it's just got to happen yeah exactly and then it then it's really effortless then it's really really when you come to that point where you're just moving to action through that that point that effortless and like wow yeah I know and I'm just and then suddenly and it all comes together very beautifully and synchronistically and it's just just it doesn't feel like hard work at all it's you're in flow you've got passion and excitement and that comes through in the end product and people love it and it resonates and that's what I mean by it's like a really clean arrow that is very powerful you know perfect. yeah perfect. Rachel thank you so much it's been so great to benefit from your your wisdom and all your insights where where do you want to lead people where can they find you where should they look you up well probably the best uh the best place where I'm most active is uh, my telegram channel Rachel Speaks Out um and I you know there's loads of content on there so um and that will lead you in all sorts of places and whenever I do a video I always put it on there and so it's got lots of news and it's then got lots of my content as well so it's probably a better place than going to my my website rachelelnor.com which is a bit more static so because it's like a you know it's like a fast-flowing river isn't it telegram and it's I think telegram's great fun I love it I much prefer it to Facebook I'm not on Facebook anymore um, I've kind of abandoned all of those old social media platforms so I just want don't want to feed that beast of you know facebook google youtube twitter i mean they are part of the evil <laughs> so yeah i love telegram much public speaking have you got anything coming up that people could see you at uh not anything particularly coming up i just did one in um stanton which the if you look on rachel speaks out uh, the audio is on there um but yeah i'm and i'm always doing things like this so yeah, I'm always open to uh, to speaking um, if I'm if I'm called. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, hopefully we'll get to meet in person before too long. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to come to the bake or stand in the park as well. To any and anyone who's watching this, to meet me in person every Sunday morning in Bakewell in the Bath Gardens in the centre of town. It's always a fabulous group. A really wonderful core group of local people and then people every week people come from all over to join in and it's really great fun so that's another 
you know, if, you, if anyone wants to meet me in person, I'm always there every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. to usually till 11.30. Where is Bakewell? It's in Derbyshire. So, yeah, DE451 BT <laughs> is the postcode of the Bath Gardens. So, yeah, and everyone's welcome. All right, Rachel, thank you so much for your time. Okay, lots of love. Thank you.